0: Good evening. Can I draw you back together? Um, It's great to see you tonight. Um, If we've not met, uh, my name is Susie, and it's great to see you. And hey to you guys watching online. I can see you there in the comments as well. Well, I can't now, because that would be distracting, but I could. Um, Anyway, the, the title of this message tonight is In His Presence, dot, dot, dot in his presence, dot, dot, dot. And we're going to figure out together some of the things that come after those dot, dot, dots, which, by the way, I found out from an English teacher, apparently called an ellipsis. Anyone know that? No. Okay, great. Great information (laughs) that you don't need in life. I'm happy for dot, dot, dot. Anyway, as some of you will know, um, I head up something called Dreaming the Impossible with an amazing team. And um, It's a youth festival, we gather young people, right, from all across the UK. And this summer, after the craziest of roller coasters, of like, is it on, is it off, is it on, is it off, wondering are those restrictions going to lift? They of course did lift. And we met here, about 1,500 of us, across two different weeks. And uh, we've got some photos for you that are going to come up. Come up? (laughs) They're going to come, yeah, there we go. So you can see a few little photos Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Everyone loves some party poppers. But the Bible verse that God has impressed on our hearts as a team is the one that's behind me. And it's the one that we held on to right the way through. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him the glory. And uh, you know what? We saw immeasurably more as we gathered this summer. And the phrase that's been sort of buzzing around my mind is this one, here's to the God of the impossible who made it possible. Because really, guys, it was miraculous on so many different levels. You know, COVID just didn't cause the the disruption that it could have done. The weather was glorious. We had enough team. And more importantly, hundreds and hundreds of young people encountered God's presence in the most stunning of ways. And um, they sent in their stories, right? And um, we had like 350 of them come in, and I wept my way through them. Tears of seeing what God was doing in young people's lives. And the thing I noticed reading those stories is this. In his presence, things change. That's the first dot, dot, dot. And that's, like, if you go home knowing nothing else tonight other than the ellipsis thing, I'd love you to know this. In his presence, things change. And I'm going to share a whole bunch of stories tonight. uh, But to whet your appetite, here's one. This young person says this. Before DTI, I was hopeless, and I hated everything about myself. What a place to be. But after DTI, so after being in God's presence, I feel redeemed, free, free and loved by God, that young person experienced a paradigm shift, that in his presence, things change. And I want to encourage us with this tonight, despite the chaos going on around, I mean, has anyone tried to get petrol? It's crazy. (laughs) Despite the COVID chaos that is ongoing, despite whatever it is that's going on in your life, wherever you're at with your faith, his presence is here and in his presence things change and some of us will be here and thinking yeah i know this stuff i get this stuff i've heard this stuff before but i want to encourage you because something happened in my heart this summer as i saw god do the impossible as i saw him change lives so he stirred my heart not only for what he wants to do with a generation of young people but what does he want to do in my life what does he want to do in your life And what does he want to do through us as a church? Because he really is the God of the impossible. And I believe that that God is calling us again into his presence, into intimacy with him, because in his presence, things change. And this idea of uh, God's presence changing things, it's not like a new thing. It's not like a 2021 thing. It's something we see right throughout this book. We see God's presence like empowering and and extraordinary things happen, leading people. He's there at creation. And then we see in the Old Testament, we see leaders and the prophets, extraordinary things happening through normal people. But if you read the story, what you'll see in the Old Testament is God's presence falls on specific people at specific times for specific circumstances. It's very specific. It's not for everybody. And even Moses himself said this in Numbers I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. And it was hundreds of years later that Jesus comes. Jesus, the embodiment of God's presence. In him, we see him healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons, teaching with like a wisdom that nobody else had. And he said, wait, wait for my spirit. And so Jesus, he he dies, he he raised from the dead, he, he sends back to heaven and Pentecost happens. And you can read all about it in Acts chapter 2, but there's one verse in there that I love the most. Acts chapter 2, verse 4, it says this, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. All of them. Notice it says all of them. It doesn't say some of them. It doesn't say only the people that ran the marathon this morning. And that is a good job, especially for me. But God's presence is is for everybody, regardless of like experience or education or age or gender or race or ethnicity. When we enter into a relationship with Jesus, we receive the Holy Spirit. It's a done deal. And Paul puts it like this in Ephesians. He says, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal. The promised Holy Spirit. His Spirit dwells within us. And if you read this book and you read the book of Acts, it's a book of action you see God's spirit filling people over and over again and these extraordinary things happen and so you see that in his presence things change and you might think you've said that phrase a lot I get it in his presence things change well what changes what changes and what we're going to do tonight is we're going to kind of jump into a few different places in Acts and we're going to see so the first thing we're going to see is in his presence there's healing in his presence there's healing. You don't need to go very far in this book to find that out. But I wanted to share a story from Acts chapter 28. I hope you like my post-its in my Bible. Got that top tip from John. It's fantastic to find your way around. Um, this is a story, right? And uh, what's happened at this point in Acts chapter 28 is Paul is shipwrecked. He's just that kind of guy. These kind of things happen to him. And he's off the coast of Malta. And um, this guy, one of the island officials called Publius... He, he comes and helps Paul. And the thing about Publius is his dad is sick and he's in bed. He's got a fever and he's got dysentery. Now, I can't claim to know exactly how he feels, so I didn't have that. But two weeks ago, I did have food poisoning. And guys, horrendous. That's another story which I don't think I'm going to share right now. Although it is a good story, but I'm going to be very disciplined. But anyway, Paul prays for him. Paul prays for him. You can read it in Acts chapter 28. And what happens he gets healed. And as news gets out, Luke says this. When this had happened, the rest of the sick on the island, they came and they were cured. In his presence, there's healing. You know, we saw some amazing healing stories at DTI. We saw uh, young people with ankles and headaches and ice infections. We even saw self-harming scars totally disappear. Absolutely incredible. God healing, not just physically, but emotionally as well. One night, um, I was down here, a young lady comes up to me, and she's kind of like laughing, crying, you know, that kind of zone. She's like overwhelmed. And I'm like, what's occurring? And um, She said, it's my knees. She said, I've had knee pain for the last year. The doctors and the physios, they say, three years is going to take to get better. I'm a gymnast. I'm in constant pain, and I cannot cross my legs. I think that was like her sign to know it didn't really work properly. And uh, so her friends prayed for her, and instantly she was healed of that pain. She was able to cross her legs. She was totally, totally overwhelmed. In his presence, there's healing. Are you here today, tuning online, in need of healing. It could be emotional. It, it could be physical. There could be someone in your life who needs healing. And I think the encouragement from these stories is let's be a people that, that push into this stuff, to push into, into, into praying for healing, because we might just see the kingdom of God break through. And I know that whenever we talk about healing, it's hard It's hard, right? Because we pray prayers and sometimes people get healed and sometimes they don't. We live in in a mystery, in a tension, the now and the not yet of the kingdom. It's a challenge. But let's be people that keep pressing, keep asking, keep running to God with our stuff. So in his presence, there's healing. In his presence, there's salvation. Okay, we're in Acts 10 now. We're flitting around a little bit. But picture this scene, because Peter... He's getting involved as well. He's led by God to this person's house called Cornelius. Great name, Cornelius. And uh, Cornelius is a Roman centurion. And at this point, all of Jesus' followers, there's this like big divide between the Jewish people and the non-Jewish people. And they're called the Gentiles. And Cornelius was, was a Gentile, okay? But yet God led Peter there. And I love what happens if you read the story. What happens is Peter starts preaching. The presence of God falls on them And they all start meeting Jesus, all these Gentiles. And Peter recognises it, and he's like, this is God. Like, nothing should prevent these guys getting baptised. Nothing should prevent them being welcomed into the church. And he goes back, and he reports to the other Jewish Christians later. And he says, even to Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. God's spirit fell, and the Gentiles will say, because in his presence... There's salvation, and salvation for everyone. I love that story. You know what? This summer, we saw 80 young people meet Jesus for the first time. And they came, and not all at once, but they came, and they stood here, and we introduced them to Jesus. One of them said this, I gave my life to Jesus on the 1st of August. I love the fact they know the date. Brilliant. I prayed for my burdens to be taken, the ones that had weighed me down for so long. I asked the Holy Spirit to come in power, and I felt electric. I was saved in a way so strong that I can't even put it into words. Their story ends like this. Without Jesus, I don't think I'd be here. What a life change. In God's presence, things change, there's salvation. Another one says, I gave my life to Jesus for the first time after in my room at university. That's where they were saying, I heard God speak for the first time and he simply said, I love you. Sounds like God to me, right? And we see this. We see this here on Sundays. Like as, as we gather, as we gather in smaller groups, as we do courses like the Alpha Course, when we invite God's presence, the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus and people meet him. And if you're here tonight and you're thinking, who is this Jesus guy? I want to find out more about him. Do that course. Do the course, the Alpha Course. And if you want to meet him tonight, man, we'd love to introduce you to him. In his presence of salvation, there's also freedom. 2 Corinthians says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Could have sung it, but probably best not. (laughs) So we're in chapter 16. Everyone okay? Yeah, Yeah, good, good. Okay. So Paul is traveling around, as as, if you read Acts, you'll find out he goes on a lot of travels, and he's with his mate Silas, and um, they're in this place now called Philippi, and um, they're going around teaching, and there's this girl, this slave girl, who is possessed by a demon, who is like owned by these slave owners. They're making loads of money through her. And she is basically following them around. She's becoming like a proper distraction. And I love it because it basically says Paul got annoyed, so annoyed that he just cast this demon out in the name of Jesus. The woman is freed instantly. She's freed from that demon. For Paul and Silas, it didn't go quite so swimmingly because they actually end up getting chucked in prison because the slave owners didn't like it. But we're going to come back to them in a moment. In his presence, there's freedom. This is what the young people experienced at DTI. One of them said this, I have such a sense of freedom. I feel free from fear. Another one said, I have a moment in worship where I felt God inviting me to surrender everything. My fears, my worries, my insecurities, my future, everything to him. I said yes to him in that moment and I felt such enormous freedom, such peace you're here tonight and you're carrying stuff I don't know what your burdens are I don't know what you're trapped in if you feel trapped but what I do know is that in God's presence there's freedom and we can come to him whoever we are wherever we are no shame to him in his presence there's joy let's find out what happens to Paul and Silas we're back in Acts chapter 16 they're in prison okay if I was in prison um I think I'd be crying my eyes out And I'll be thinking, how am I going to get out of this situation? But Paul and Silas, they're just like these super Christians. They're praying. They're worshipping. And as they're worshipping, the presence of God comes. And suddenly, there's like a, I don't know if that's exactly the sound effect, but there's like an earthquake. And um, the chains that were holding their feet, off they come. The doors, they open as well. And everybody, if they wanted to, could just be basically legging it. So the jailers there and the jailer is in a bad way because he, he's even at the point at which he's thinking of taking his own life because, he, because he's like, all these people are going to escape and I'm going to get the blame. But Paul says, don't worry, we're here, we're still here. And because of what happened, he sees the supernatural, he gives his life to Jesus. It's absolutely nuts. And uh, Luke writes this, he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, not just him, but the whole household filled with joy. In his presence, there's joy. One of these stories says, I feel like God's done a reset in my heart over the last few days. been struggling with depression. I felt like I was on autopilot just trying to get through day by day. As I was practicing this earlier, I felt like there's some people in this room who feel like that. But God has filled me with a new joy and a fresh reminder of his love for me. There's another story. This one, just, just listen up. It's amazing. It says, one evening, there was time to go up to leave unforgiveness at the foot of the cross, and forgiveness is always something I've struggled with. So she starts getting prayed for, and she says, my feet, hands, cheeks were buzzing. It was intense. I was feeling God. I felt his fingertips on my cheeks, and I felt an immense love the spirit took over. I just couldn't stop laughing. It's never happened to me before. I've never felt his presence and joy so much that laughter was bubbling out of me uncontrollably. I wanted to dance and praise God forever because I felt so light. A massive weight lifted off me and I felt free. (laughs) What a story. Laughter bubbling up. And um some of you in this room, it's like it's been a long time since you've experienced real joy. And I'm not talking about a temporary happiness, a temporary great feeling like I had yesterday when I went shopping. I'm talking, and it was good, but I'm talking about, <laughs> I'm talking about a joy that cuts through circumstances, that cuts through situations, and in the middle of the heartache, there's joy And I just wonder if we could do with a super spreader event of joy, of joy bubbling out in our church, but in our community as well. Lastly, in his presence, there's peace. I've got to be super quick with this one, but peace along with joy is one of the fruits of the spirit. And time and time again, we saw God filling young people with peace. And um, on the first night at DTI, this young lady came up to me, who I know. And she said, I need to talk to you. Actually, she wasn't so aggressive. She was like, I need to talk to you. And, um, and I was like, um, yeah, let's chat. And uh, she said, tonight, um, and then she said, what did she say? Let me just remember. She, she came up to me and were like, let's, let's talk. And uh, this story for me is super personal because I know this young person. And she said, you know what? Five years ago, something happened to me that was horrible. And she told me what it was, and it was horrible. And she said, since that point... I have never felt peace. And she'd been coming along to church, just coming to see her mates being part of the community, but she was nowhere with Jesus. And she said to me tonight, during the worship, as the worship started, as I heard the gospel shared, the good news of Jesus, it was like fire coming through my veins. It was like this liquid love, and I felt peace for the first time in five years. And I, I looked at her, I kind of stood back, and I thought, only Jesus... Only his presence could do that. And I said to her, hey, I know where you're at with Jesus. So he's done this thing. How do you feel about him now? And she said, he's real. He's real and I need to follow him. And I texted that young person this week because I only want to share stories if, if it didn't just happen in a moment, you know, if it's a story that actually ever have changed life. And I said, is this true? Is this what happened? She's like, absolutely, share it. It's so exciting. In the midst of pain, and sadness, and heartache. There is a peace available. He's so kind, so good. In his presence, things change. There's healing, there's salvation, freedom, joy, peace. We see it, honestly, smattered throughout the book of Acts. Read it. We saw it at DTI this summer. But we can see it here. We can see it here, tonight, as we gather in small groups, as we gather in ministry areas, out on the streets, on our own. And you know these stories that I've shared tonight? Not these stories, these stories. They're all from teenagers. And some of you might be here thinking, they're cute stories. Maybe slightly dismiss them because they're from teenagers. Maybe they just got a bit carried away in the moment. And as adults, we can sometimes, you know, make the mistake of kind of thinking, we're the ones who get it. Like, we're the ones who get God. We kind of get how the kingdom of God works. But what does Jesus say? He says it's the opposite. He said, the kingdom of God belongs to these guys. And these guys, they, they have an understanding sometimes of who he is with a simplicity and a clarity that we can sometimes lack. And you know what? They came after 18 months of disruption, lives being flipped upside down. Some of them experiencing anxiety like I've never known. But they came to DTI this summer desperate. They were desperate for God to do something because they tried everything else. They had nowhere else to turn. They came as children, literally as children, but with the attitude of a child. And God showed up in the most stunning of ways. We've got a lot to learn from them. We've got a lot to learn from them. How hungry are we? How desperate are we for him? In a minute, we're going we're to pray. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit, like we always do in our services. But what I'd love to do, just for a few moments, really quick, is to spend a few moments really practically talking about how we pray for each other, how do we do it? Because really, it's, it's an all-play situation. Everybody gets to, to, to play and to pray. Love that. See what I did there? Play and pray. But sometimes the thing that can kind of stop us getting involved is because we're like, what is going on at the front? Like, I don't know how to pray for someone. What, what are they doing? It all seems a bit like super spiritual. Well, I'd love to try and make it, just normalize it a little bit for you. So I've got a helper, Lizzie. Why don't you come? Lizzie's from Trent Youth. Let's please welcome her. <clears throat> Well, that was a great reception. Love that. Love that. Why don't you say hello? Hello, I'm Lizzie. As you can see, Lizzie's a couple of years younger than me. No, I'm actually, I'm actually her mentor. That's yeah, that's it true. <laughs> it's true. Lizzie is kind. Of <laughs> that's good. That's great. It's true. Um, <laughs> you were at DTI this summer. You were involved in the, in, in the worship, weren't you? Just yeah. tell us real quick just what God did in your life. So I went to DTI and I had, I had a bit of weight on my shoulders, but I came and God came and he changed, changed me a bit. Yeah, it's great. Amazing. And, and sort of six weeks on, still feeling similar? Yeah. So good. You know what? I caught Lizzie. I was in the cafe the other day work, working, and um, Lizzie had been at college, and she, she, these, these mates start to come. They are all at college, so they like dress super smart. Started so, like, coming towards us, she'd invited her friends she'd met the day before they came to church. Loved it, and she said to me, I'm trying to convert them. It was so good. <laughs> so, so good. Love it. Love the boldness. So you're going to help us how to pray. Yes, I am. So when we pray for people, there's a few things I want to say tonight. We, we use our brains. We use our eyes, ears. I know it sounds like heads and shoulders. Um, we use our mouths, hands, and also our hearts. Okay, so if someone's at the front looking like they want prayer, do you look like you want prayer? That's it. She looks like she wants prayer. And I'm going to go and pray for somebody. And I'm thinking, who am I looking for? Well, I'm using my brain. And sometimes in prayer ministry... Like super sensitive stuff can come up. So I'm looking for somebody who's the same sex as myself. Uh, And so at at least somebody who's the same sex as the person, let's let's pray for them. And I'm going knowing in my head that I'm praying with the authority of Jesus and in the power of the Holy Spirit. And what happens is ultimately up to God, not up to me. And I'm also going thinking whatever goes on in this conversation is not going on Instagram or, for you, TikTok. Okay? (laughs) Okay. We're going with that. So i found Lizzie, I've identified, I'm wandering over, I'm like, hey. How are you doing? Doing great. Um, Is it okay if I pray for you? Yeah, of course. So I'm asking, I'm saying hello. Well, what's your name? I'm Lizzie. Lizzie, wonderful. Well, I'm Melody. Oh, Melody. What's your name? (laughs) So I'd love to pray for you, Melody. And so you've introduced yourself, and then you might want to say, imagine if I was called Melody. It'd be great, wouldn't it? Anyway. um, Praying for Lizzie. See, I'm a very distractible character. And then I might say, Lizzie, like, um, is there it, is it anything specific I can pray for? A-levels are quite hard. Yeah, they are, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And anything physical? No. Is this foot all right? Uh, uh, oh, that's well, hurting now. That's not, hurting. Yeah, it's hurting now. So we'll pray for that. OK, <laughs> wonderful. So then what I do is I use our hands. In the Bible, people lay hands on people. Obviously, in COVID times, we don't have to do that. And so we're asking. And people may want to, they may not want to. Whatever's fine. Are you happy for me to lay a hand? I'm very happy. Wonderful. So you lay a hand. It's not you if you know where it's appropriate. On the shoulders, normally, pretty good. And then I'm praying with my eyes open. And you know, sometimes we're taught to pray with our eyes closed. And there's, there's appropriate places for that. Maybe if you're praying on your own or in a different kind of prayer. When you're praying for someone... You want to see what God's doing. So why don't you look like you want to get prayed for? Brilliant. She's got her eyes closed and her hands out. And um, I'm watching just what God's, what God's doing. Because as we pray for people, sometimes like, people might look peaceful. You want to look a bit peaceful? Look more peaceful? <laughs> it's hard to look peaceful when you don't. She's probably thinking, what am I doing up here with my eyes closed? Um, sometimes people might, might start to weep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Or anything else. But the point is, you can see, if you're praying with your eyes open, you can see what God is doing. If you're praying with your eyes closed, particularly if you've not got your hand on somebody, you're praying, Holy Spirit, would you just come and bless Lizzie? We thank you for her. Thank you for all she's done. And um, yeah, exactly. That might happen. And that is awkward. So pray with your eyes open. Okay, so as we pray, back to the posture. Wonderful. We're praying with our eyes, using our mouths. We start to pray. Guys, we don't need to use loads of fancy language. We don't need to use loads of words. We don't need to go on and on, whipping things up. We can just be chilled out about it. So we don't need to be like, Holy Spirit, come, 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 come. Come on, come on, Lizzie. Thank you for her. Thank you, she's a good singer. Thank you that she likes science, blah, blah, blah. Lizzie in this moment is like, she can't hear God. She's just got me shouting in her ear. And I'm not really doing a great job at listening to God either. So we welcome the Holy Spirit and we just wait. Do you want to just be waiting again? Wonderful. So Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here. We thank you that you're here. We just pray, would you come? Would you come? And Lord, you know that Lizzie's finding A-levels hard at the moment. And I pray that tomorrow morning, as she wakes up, she'd know your presence. We just pray simply. And it might be that as, as you're praying, it's like you're using your ears, you're listening. Is there anything that God wants to say right now? It might be a picture. It might be a Bible verse. It could be anything. But if, if you do feel like God says something, let's be sensitive. Let's not say, thus saith the Lord. Tomorrow you'll find yourself riding a horse down the A52. It's like, I mean, that would be random, wouldn't it? Don't say that. It's like maybe offer it as a sense, okay? I'm losing the room here. Okay, so with our <laughs> mouths, with our ears, okay, we don't need to do anything weird. Let's not be weird. Don't flick, kick, anything. If we're praying for healing, if it's appropriate, again, just lay a hand on We might want to say, so we just speak to this condition in the name of Jesus. We say, "Be healed," and then we test it out. Obviously, we can't do it now because it's not really a problem. But has it got any better? Has God done any, anything? If so, maybe pray again. If if they don't want to, they might not want to. So at the end, they're there. They've been there for a while, and uh, I'm thinking, "What's going on?" Like we can just ask. Say, "Hey, hey, Lizzie. It's like, it's God doing anything?" Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Well, would you want me to carry on praying, or I'm good for now. You're thanks. good. Yeah. Brilliant. So they might say, yes, I want to carry on. Or they might say, no, I'm finished. I'm finished. Thank you so much for praying for me. That's as simple as it needs to be. We learn as we go. We get better at this thing. Like, let's have grace for one another. Let's go for it. Let's get involved. But the last thing to say is we pray with our hearts. Like, when we see Jesus praying for people, he was moved with compassion. And if anybody leaves this dialogue embarrassed, let it be you, the person who's praying, not the person who's been vulnerable enough to come and receive prayer.